Section nine of Pirates of Panama, the Buccaneers of America, by A. O. Exclamelin, translated by G. A. Williams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Acacia Wood. Chapter seven, part one. Lillinois equips a fleet to land upon the Spanish islands of America, with intent to rob, sack, and burn whatsoever he met with. Of this design, Lolonois, giving notice to all the pirates, whether at home or abroad, he got together in a little while above four hundred men, beside which there was then in Tortuga another pirate, named Miguel de Basco, who by his piracy had got riches sufficient to live at ease, and go no more abroad, having withal the office of major of the island. But seeing the great preparations that Lolonois made for this expedition, he joined him, and offered him, that if he would make him his chief captain by land, seeing he knew the country very well, and all its avenues, he would share in his fortunes, and go with him. They agreed upon articles to the great joy of Lolonois, knowing that Basco had done great actions in Europe, and had the repute of a good soldier. Thus they all embarked in eight vessels, that of Lolonois being the greatest, having ten guns of indifferent carriage. All things being ready, and the whole company on board, they set sail together about the end of April, being in all six hundred and sixty persons. They steered for that part called Bayala, north of Hispianola. Here they took into their company some French hunters, who voluntarily offered themselves, and here they provided themselves with victuals necessaries for their voyage. From hence they sailed again the last of July, and steered directly to the eastern cape of the isle called Punta de Espada. Hereabouts, espying a ship from Puerto Rico, bound for New Spain, laden with coconuts, Lolonois commanded the rest of the fleet to wait for him near Savona, on the east of Cape Punta de Espada, he alone intending to take the said vessel. The Spaniards, though they had been in sight full two hours, and knew them to be pirates, yet would not flee but prepared to fight, being well armed and provided. The combat lasted three hours, and then they surrendered. This ship had sixteen guns and fifty fighting men aboard. They found in her a hundred and twenty thousand weight of cocoa, forty thousand pieces of eight, and the value of ten thousand more in jewels. Lolonois sent the vessel presently to Tortuga to be unladed, with orders to return as soon as possible to Savona, where he would wait for them. Meanwhile, the rest of the fleet being arrived at Savona, met another Spanish vessel coming from Coman with military provisions to Hispaniola, and money to pay the garrisons there. This vessel they also took, without any resistance, though mounted with eight guns. In it were seven thousand weight of powder, a great number of muskets, and like things, with twelve thousand pieces of eight. These successes encouraged the pirates. They seemingly very lucky beginnings, especially finding their fleet pretty well recruited in a little time. For the first ship arriving at Tortuga, the governor ordered it to be instantly unladen, and soon after sent back, with fresh provisions and other necessaries, to Lolonois. This ship he chose for himself, and gave that which he commanded to his comrade, Anthony Dupuis. Being thus recruited with men in lieu of them he had lost in taking the prizes, and by sickness, he found himself in a good condition to set sail for Maracabo, in the province of Nueva Venezuela, in the latitude of twelve degrees ten minutes north. 
this island is twenty leagues long and twelve broad to this port also belong the islands of onega and monges the east side thereof is called cape st roman and the western side cape of cacibocoa the gulf is called by some the gulf of venezuela but the pirates usually call it the bay of maracabo at the entrance of this gulf are two islands extending from east to west that towards the east is called isla de la vigilias or the watch isle because in the middle is a high hill on which stands a watch-house the other is called isla de la palomas or the isle of pigeons between these two islands runs a little sea or rather lake of fresh water sixty leagues long and thirty broad which disgorging itself into the ocean dilates itself about the said two islands between them is the best passage for ships the channel being no broader than the flight of a great gun of about eight pounds on the isle of pigeons stand at the castle to impede the entry of vessels all being necessitated to come very nigh the castle by reason of two banks of sand on the other side with only fourteen feet water many other banks of sand there are in this lake as that called el tablazo or the great table no deeper than ten feet forty leagues within the lake others there are that have no more than six seven or eight feet in depth all are very dangerous especially to mariners unacquainted with them west hereof is the city of maracabo very pleasant to the view its houses being built along the shore having delightful prospects all round the city may contain three or four thousand persons slaves included all which make a town of reasonable bigness they are judged to be about eight hundred persons able to bear arms all spaniards here are one parish church well built and adorned four monasteries and one hospital the city is governed by a deputy governor substituted by the governor of the caracas the trade here exercised is mostly in hides and tobacco the inhabitants possess great numbers of cattle and many plantations which extend thirty leagues in the country especially towards the great town of gibraltar where are gathered great quantities of coconuts and all other garden fruits which serve for the regale and sustenance of the inhabitants of maracabo whose territories are much drier than those of gibraltar hither those of maracabo send great quantities of flesh they making returns in oranges lemons and other fruits for the inhabitants of gibraltar want flesh their fields not being capable of feeding cows or sheep before maracabo is a very spacious and secure port wherein may be built all sorts of vessels having great convenience of timber which may be transported thither at little charge nigh the town lies also a small island called borica where they feed a great number of goats which cattle the inhabitants use more for their skins than their flesh or milk they sliding these two unless while they are tender and young kids in the fields are fed some sheep but of a very small size in some islands of the lake and in other places hereabouts are many savage indians called by the spaniards bravos or wild these could never be reduced by the spaniards being brutish and untamable they dwell mostly towards the west side of the lake in little huts built on trees growing in the water so to keep themselves from innumerable mosquitoes or gnats which infest and torment them night and day to the east of the said lake are whole towns of fishermen who likewise live in huts built on trees as the former 
another reason of this dwelling is the frequent inundations for after great rains the land is often overflown for two or three leagues there being no less than twenty-five great rivers that feed this lake the town of gibraltar is also frequently drowned by these so that the inhabitants are constrained to retire to their plantations gibraltar situated at the side of the lake about forty leagues within it receives its provisions of flesh as has been said from Aracabo. the town is inhabited by about one thousand five hundred persons whereof four hundred may bear arms the greatest part of them keep shops wherein they exercise one trade or another in the adjacent fields are numerous plantations of sugar and cocoa in which are many tall and beautiful trees of whose timber houses may be built and ships among these are many handsome and proportionable cedars seven or eight feet about of which they can build boats and ships so as to bear only one great sail such vessels being called piraguas the whole country is well furnished with rivers and brooks very useful in droughts being then cut into many little channels to water their fields and plantations they plant also much tobacco well esteemed in europe and for its goodness is called their tobacco de saragotas or priest's tobacco they enjoy nigh twenty leagues of jurisdiction which is bounded by very high mountains perpetually covered with snow on the other side of these mountains is situate a great city called marida to which the town of gibraltar is subject all merchandise is carried hence to the aforesaid city on mules and that but at one season of the year by reason of the excessive cold in those high mountains on the said mules returns are made in flour of meal which comes from towards peru by the way of estafe thus far i thought good to make a short description of the lake of maracabo that my reader might the better comprehend what i shall say concerning the actions of pirates in this place as follows Lolonois, arriving at the Gulf of Venezuela, cast anchor with his whole fleet out of sight of the Vigilia, or Watch Isle, next day very early, he set sail thence with all the ships for the lake of Maracabo, where they cast anchor again. Then they landed their men, with design to attack first the fortress that commanded the bar, therefore called de la Barra. This fort consists only of several great baskets of earth placed on a rising ground, planted with sixteen great guns, with several other heaps of earth round about for covering their men. The pirates, having landed a league off this fort, advanced by degrees towards it, but the governor, having espied their landing, had placed an ambuscade to cut them off behind, while he should attack them in front. This the pirates discovered, and getting before, they defeated it so entirely that not a man could retreat to the castle. This done, Lolonois, with his companions, advanced immediately to the fort, and after a fight of almost three hours, with the usual desperation of this sort of people, they became masters thereof, without any other arms than swords and pistols. While they were fighting, those who were the routed ambuscade, not being able to get into the castle, retired into Maracabo in great confusion and disorder, crying, The pirates will presently be here with two thousand men and more! The city, having formerly been taken by this kind of people, and sacked to the uttermost, had still an idea of that misery, so that upon these dismal news they endeavored to escape towards Gibraltar in their boats and canoes, carrying with them all the goods and money they could bring. Being come to Gibraltar, they told how the fortress was taken, and nothing had been saved, nor any persons escaped. 
the castle thus taken by the pirates they presently signified to the ships their victory that they should come farther in without fear of danger the rest of that day was spent in ruining and demolishing the said castle they nailed the guns and burnt as much as they could not carry away burying the dead and sending on board the fleet the wounded next day very early they weighed anchor and steered altogether towards mercabo about six leagues distant from the fort but the wind failing that day they could advance little being forced to expect the tide next morning they came in sight of the town and prepared for landing under the protection of their own guns fearing the spaniards might have laid an ambuscade in the woods they put their men into canoes brought for that purpose and landed where they thought most convenient shooting still furiously with their great guns of those in the canoes half only went ashore the other half remained aboard they fired from the ships as fast as possible towards the woody part of the shore but could discover nobody then they entered the town whose inhabitants as i told you were retired to the woods and gibraltar with their wives children and families their houses they left well provided with victuals as flour bread pork brandy wines and poultry with these the pirates fell to making good cheer for in four weeks before they had no opportunity of filling their stomachs with such plenty they instantly possessed themselves of the best houses in the town and placed sentinels wherever they thought convenient the great church served them for their main guard next day they sent out a hundred and sixty men to find out some of the inhabitants in the woods thereabouts these returned the same night bringing with them twenty thousand pieces of eight several mules laden with household goods and merchandise and twenty prisoners men women and children some of these were put to the rack to make them confess where they had hid the rest of the goods but they could extort very little from them lolonois who valued not murdering though in cold blood ten or twelve spaniards drew his cutlass and hacked one to pieces before the rest saying if you do not confess and declare where you have hid the rest of your goods i will do the like to all your companions at last amongst these horrible cruelties and inhuman threats one promised to show the place where the rest of the spaniards were hid but those that were fled having intelligence of it changed place and buried the remnant of their riches underground so that the pirates could not find them out unless some of their own party should reveal them besides the spaniards flying from one place to another every day and often changing woods were jealous even of each other so as the father durst scarce trust his own son end of chapter seven part one recording by acacia wood